Hello and welcome to the Grapeseed Official Podcast. This episode will be another installment in our 10 Things series, where we sit down with a coach or former teacher and have a fun, relaxed conversation about Grapeseed. Our 10 Things are a set of 10 questions the conversation will be built around, but we will most certainly talk about many other things too. Our guest today is Dan DeRoche, who you might have heard in some of our Open the Box podcasts. He is a former Grapeseed teacher who is now the training team manager in Thailand. Welcome back to the podcast, Dan. Good hearing from you again, Adam. Yeah, it's always nice to talk to my friend in Thailand. I think there's only a certain kind of friendship that can be formed when you're driving on the back roads of Thailand. We, we did see some sights, that's for sure. Saw some sights and listened to our, our driver playing the one English CD that he had on repeat for hours and hours and hours. We could have taken the karaoke world by storm. Yeah, for sure. So let's get started with the questions here. So number one, what is your favorite material and why? So I think this, it would be a bit of a device, uh, divisive answer, but I'll go with there's a hole from unit 11. Ooh, okay. So the first time you sing this to your students, you can see that look of, wow, my teacher is saying a lot of words right now, and I don't know that I'm going to be able to get to that. Mm. Uh, and as daunting as it can seem in its length, you give your students lots of opportunities to practice uh, throughout the unit. And you can actually really see that confidence grow as they're able to tackle more and more of the song by themselves. So when you do get to the end of the unit, and it's mostly student-led, they're, they're going to start asking you to sing it faster and faster. And again, that just makes it really fun for them. Um, but from the teacher side of it, it's really fun to, you know, have them using the language from it as it transforms from a song that students are able to use um, for fun to start using full sentences. And they're going to start responding to often asked classroom questions like, where are your shoes? Or where is your nose? So it does really transform from a really long song that kind of scares them to something that's really fun to something that they're able to use a language from. Yeah, they might not realize it immediately, but a lot of those words in that song are prepositional phrases that they've learned all the way back from unit one, and we've been slowly building on them. This is another great example of the spiral curriculum at work. So in the, initially, they might just say, like you were thinking, or like you said, that, oh, no, this is just so much content. I might feel a little, my affective filter might be going up a little bit here. But once they listen to it a couple times and with the repetition and the review language, it's like, okay, I really got this. I understand it. Now it's getting a lot more fun for me. So yeah, I like to see that transformation in our students with this material too. So let's go from there to a favorite unit. What's your favorite unit and why? So this kind of sticks with my theme from my first answer, but I really do enjoy unit 11. Okay. The ocean. The ocean. Yes. And you know, with me being in Thailand, um, you know, this would typically be the first unit that our students use in their third year. Mm -hmm. um, so our students are just coming back from summer break. And again, with it being Thailand, a lot of them spent time at the beach. So it's a real fun time for them to reflect upon what they just did. And while not all students are going to be very excited to be back in class, um, at least it gives them a chance to kind of reflect, talk with their friends about what they did, and again, while just using that grapeseed language. And I find, you know, myself when I was a kid, animals fascinated me and ocean life fascinated me. So to just start being able to speak upon those things using English, um, it, it just seems to be really fun and connects with students at that age. 
Great. Yeah, I really like talking about that stuff too with kids because you can, even if you don't have a beach nearby, if you're in a more landlocked country, there's a lot of aquariums around and kids get to go see that. So they're, they're usually really excited to talk about sharks and turtles and whales and things like that. Definitely. And the dangers they pose. And, and yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. When you go under the ocean, you see things, a lot of things like Sally saw. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's go to number three here. What is a cool thing you've seen in the classroom recently? So recently, I would have to say, um, and I've actually seen this in multiple classrooms now, um, but it's the use of sticky notes on the back of our components. I just see it really helping our teachers seamlessly incorporate their lesson plans without having to break that engagement with their students. You know, and sometimes if you don't have that, you may have a tendency to stop and maybe look at the lesson plan on your phone, or you may have the physical lesson plan there. Because it's natural, we want to make sure that we're you know, asking all these comprehension questions, getting in all the teacher objectives. But it can be hard to remember all that. So I just find that the teachers that are taking that time, right, their quick little notes, sticking it on the back of their components, they're able to still stay engaged with each current component before thinking of what to do with the next component while they're still finishing up the, the previous one. So it really keeps that engagement high with your students, um, which will, you know, have that lower effective filter for you. Yeah, I've even practicing this myself, I've just taken the lesson plan and used a magnet and stuck it to the whiteboard. And then when you're teaching, and then you have to turn around and look at it and see what questions you're supposed to ask, then your face and your back is generally turned to your students, which invites them to lose focus. So rewriting them, like you said, or even making copies of the lesson plan, cutting them up and sticking them on the back of the, the teaching cards will really help maintain student engagement. And just be more fun in general. For sure. So let's go to the next one here. What is your favorite extra time activity to get kids using language from the materials? I am a huge fan of playing Guess Who, um, especially with our students that have completed Units 8 and above. You know, just by stating three facts to my class, like I am very big, I live on a farm, and I say moo. You know, you get to use those previous unit language expressions while also getting students thinking and guessing in English. Uh, you know, and really, the main reason I enjoy this is students pick it up and it's very fun and efficient way for them to practice asking questions to each other. So once they understand the ground rules, you'll see very quickly they want to come up and be the teacher. And that's going to really you know, give them that exposure and opportunity to ask questions to their peers, which lends itself to our goal with you know, the end of unit and higher units where the students are participating in peer-to-peer -peer conversations, naturally. Perfect, yeah, that kind of activity is really good with chance and with a lot of other materials as well. And it's scalable, like you said. So in the beginning, you'll be the one asking the questions and the students will be guessing, trying to figure out what you are. But then you can easily transfer that from the teacher leading the activity to a student coming up and leading it to the whole class and then eventually to individual pairs. So it's that there's a progression of learning that can be built into just this activity by itself. And they really enjoy trying to stump each other or to stump you as the teacher. So they get quite creative with it. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just a, a whole lot of fun, even with your older students, I find. Yeah, I remember trying to do something like this with fruits and vegetables and having a guessing game with that at one point and asking like as part of my 
hints, I would say, where it grew. And I was going through the different fruits and vegetables in the vocabulary card deck. And I got to kiwi and I stared at it for a while and I realized I didn't know where kiwis grew. So I had to put that one aside and look it up later and then I could actually tell the students and use that one. <laughs> yeah, you Mr. Adam stumped himself today, but that's okay. It's not, not as obvious as you would think sometimes. That's true, 100%. <laughs> so let's shift gears a little bit here and talk about the portal and the professional development section on it. So there are a lot of videos up there. Which ones do you recommend most to teachers? Which ones do you find that are most helpful for teachers? Well, the one that I would recommend and personally to this day still have saved on my taskbar um, is especially units for teachers in units one to 20 is the Grapeseed Materials and Effective Teaching Series. And the reason being is, you know, as teachers, we've all had that, you know, moment when you come into class or come into school, you're ready to start your day and you get that ping on your email and you find out that you're being asked to teach a, a lesson of a unit you've never done and you only have two hours to prepare. Um, so we don't expect anyone to be able to master that new unit in the two hours, uh, but I do find it's an effective teaching series that will give you a glimpse into how to teach the unknown in a short amount of time versus just looking at the static materials on the teacher platform or maybe listening to the audio files. Uh, seeing it actually being used, I find brings it to life a lot quicker and helps you remember it and feel more confident confident going in, even if it's your first time. Between units one and 20, there are trainer examples for every single material that is taught in Grapeseed. So you can start with those. And then as we continue to get more good classroom video in from teachers around the world, and they're following the lesson plans, doing a great job, then we'll cut those up and also put those to go with the trainer example as well. For sure. And I mean, even with units that you're currently teaching, you know, it's still nice to just go look and compare, you know, just see, you know, I've always done it this way. Um, let's see how the trainer's doing it. And it can just kind of shed some light on it in a different way than you're used to. Yeah. Seeing somebody else teaching something that might accentuate a different word in a sentence that might help your students understand the language a little bit better, or they might have a certain gesture or a certain way that they point at a picture that you can steal and incorporate into your own teaching as well. So let's move on to this next one here. What is one mistake you have made teaching grapeseed that stands out to you? Only one? I'm sure there are many. Um, but the one thing when I, when I reflect back upon when I first started teaching, um, I was really focused on the student's ability to repeat and master each component. Mm. Uh, and by doing that, I found myself really nitpicking their pronunciation over the actual use of the language, you know, and using it naturally. So once it clicked for me to relax and let the students use the language naturally and enjoyably, I noticed an instant uptick in student engagement, which then is just going to lead to the students excitedly wanting to interact with you while using that language from the materials. So instead of just, you know, wow, they can sing this song start to finish, they're perfect. You know, that's kind of what I did at first. And then I started realizing I'm not giving them time to use the language that they're showing me they know from the song. Yeah, one helpful way to think about it is that just like the vocabulary picture cards are a preview into the material that they go with, so too are the materials themselves kind of a preview into the advanced questions or activities we're going to be doing towards the end of a unit. 
getting kids to really use that language. And the material themselves just becomes the practice, the basis of remembering that this language exists and then, okay, now how do we use it? And that comes in the questions and those activities. Yeah, it's not uh, American Idol auditions. It's not who's the best singer or who knows it the best. It's, it's letting them have fun with that as well. Yeah, and then you can't be, kind of like you were saying, you can't be Simon Cowell like you were, where you're judging the student's pronunciation and giving them thumbs down and big X's and things like that. So, <laughs> yeah, that effective filter goes up with each X for sure. <laughs> so would mine. Um, oh, for sure. <laughs> what, what are some meaningful decorations teachers can add to their classrooms? You know, that's a great and often difficult question to answer. Mm. Uh, just, you know, many teachers will have to share their space with multiple teachers throughout the day. Um, and with that being said, it can be hard to transform your classroom to suit, you know, only your students and reflect what they are currently learning. Um, but with that in mind, if you are able to allocate some wall space or a bulletin board that is solely for your and your students' use, you will then have a manageable space that you can use unit-appropriate decorations, add the themes of the unit, you know, or snapshots of the student achievements, change this little space to something that your students can come in, look at and discover, and change fairly often. I know we're all busy, but if we do have that time to change that little space, it's something that they're going to come in and look for every day, and discover new ideas that the teacher's presenting for them. So it can seem daunting, but if we have a manageable area that's just yours, I think you'll find, you know, your students will really enjoy it. And it's something that they'll look forward to. Yeah, I think you, you hit on a really important word there that actually Miklos in, in this interview also mentioned, which is discovery. Um, you want to make your classroom fun and engaging. And one way you can do that is not just through your own teaching, but your decorations. So if you're changing the location of some of the things around your room or changing the decorations on the walls, your students will come into class and think, oh, wow, what's different today? Oh, look at that. That was different than the day before. And then they might try to tell you about it. And then they'll use English to try to convey those thoughts. So setting up your room like that and changing it slightly will invite more output, more natural output from your students when they notice things like that. And they'll get really excited to find what's different every day if you're changing things every day. So in the same vein of motivating students here, let's go on to our aha or light bulb moment. So tell me one of these that you've seen in the classroom where a student really made the connection between the language and the materials and using it naturally. So uh, this is a story I tell often. So uh, stop me if you heard this in the van. <laughs> um, this one really sticks in my mind that uh, during our class's Christmas party one year, um, the tradition is that all students would bring in a snack and then they would all put it on a table for everyone to share. So when you have 20 students in a class, there is a lot, a lot of food put out there for the kids. Mm -hmm. And they're just saying loud music, having fun. Um, so by the end of this party, there's still going to be a lot of fruit, but not so much candy. So while all the other students were dancing and running around with their friends, one of my students came and sat next to me and he looked quite worried and just didn't look very well. So I asked him, you know, what's wrong? How are you feeling? And his response was, oh, my, my stomach hurts. I'm sad Sam. I eat too many sweets. <laughs> <laughs> and just looked at me looking so sad. 
But, you know, five minutes later, he was running around with all his friends again. But I just, I can't ever really forget that in that moment when, you know, he was distressed, he was feeling really bad, he was still using that perfectly appropriate grapeseed language to convey his feelings and what was happening to him in that time. <laughs> That's hilarious. I haven't heard that one before. Oh, good. It's a good thing he, five minutes later, he was running around playing with his friends. So it didn't last too long. He was only sad Sam for a couple minutes. That's right. I think he learned about the sugar, the sugar rush quickly. <laughs> nice. So moving from your student, Sad Sam, to something a little more inspirational here. Um, what's the, the best teacher that you've ever seen teaching grapeseed, besides yourself, of course? What made them so great? So with you having all these conversations with trainers, I'm sure we'll all answer the same in the way that all of our teachers are great. You know, there's too many to name. I'll do great things or they all do great things and, and you know, have great lessons and are inspirational. Um, and I'm no different. I agree in that statement 100%. But I will say what makes all our teachers so great is coming in prepared. So we all know that no two lessons are going to be the same. You know, the students are the variables in that situation. And they're always waiting around the corner with that curveball. You never really know where they're going to be coming from. And the best thing that we can do to, to hit that curveball out of the park is to be prepared. So by knowing our materials and having clear expectations for our students, we can all be that best teacher. If we're coming in confident, we know our materials, we know our lesson plan, we have plans for you know, how to get our students back on task, we're all going to have those successful lessons and successful learning moments with our students. That kind of ties back into your recommendation for the portal videos too, right? Of if you're looking to get prepared, it's a good idea to watch the trainer and the classroom examples of those materials being taught of the units that you're teaching. Absolutely. I, preparedness is, is key uh, in, in most things in life, I find, um, and especially in teaching, especially in something that has so many unknowns. You're only going to feel at your best when you know you're prepared and ready to tackle those unknowns. Yeah. And some of the songs that you might have to sing are, they might be deceptively tricky. I know that there's some of them in kind of spread out through all the units where I thought I had it and I walked into the classroom and I realized I didn't really have it, uh, trying to sing it acapella with the students. So whether, <laughs> if you're trying to get songs down, for example, it can be a good idea to sing it with the CD a bunch, sing it with the audio file, and then turn off the audio file and try to sing it by yourself and see if you're relatively close. Then wait five or 10 minutes and then try to do it again acapella and see how it goes. Uh, you might realize that you're not nearly as prepared as you think you are. That's a very true statement. I recently went back to revisit unit four just because I haven't taught it in so long and I just wanted to see how much I remembered of it. And um, I picked up the big book green and I was like, oh, I know this, no problem. I can sing it front to back, everything is great. But once I got to that last page and there's that bit of a, a, a change in pitch and, and tempo, I completely lost it. I was happy I wasn't in front of students at the time, but it really makes you, just like you said, you, you may not notice what you don't know until you have a chance to actually go look at it. 100%, yeah. I remember walking into a class once and had to sing, uh, everybody grows. And for some reason, I totally missed the, the babies grow, little chicks grow that part. I totally missed the pitch on that one. And it just came out so weird. The kids are looking at me funny. And it was, it was embarrassing to say the least. 
<laughs> but you grew from that moment, right? It was still a positive experience. Yeah. In that, that shame I felt in the moment, I was, I was sad Sam too, but um, <laughs> I didn't, my, my stomach didn't hurt, but I just felt bad overall in general. Um, but that feeling was bad in the moment, but now I make sure that if I'm going into a class, I've 100% double check, triple check that I know everything going in. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's go on to our last question here. So what is one piece of advice you want to give to a veteran grapeseed teacher? If anything, uh, the current state of the world has taught us, it's that despite our physical distancing, we can remain connected digitally. So recording those snapshots, you know, maybe 10 minutes, under 10 minutes of our lessons uh, to be used for reflection or to even send to me or your other coaches for lesson video analysis can be a very meaningful and easy to use tool to add to our teaching repertoire. The things that you'll notice about yourself when watching your classes back are, you know, in my opinion, invaluable. You may notice your pacing when ask, asking questions isn't allowing students enough time to formulate an answer, which will then heighten their effective filter, which will then lead to some classroom management issues, or you may also think that one of your weaknesses is your storytelling with expressions. But upon watching yourself, you realize, wow, I'm actually really great at this. My students are really enjoying it. So, you know, if we don't take the time to record that and to see those snapshots, we won't really know. So we really should use these snapshots to not critique ourselves, but also to celebrate all the great things that you may be too focused to see when you're actually in the moment teaching them and celebrate it, have fun with it. That's a really solid point. Yeah. We talked about this with, with me close before and recording yourself, but you bring up another caveat here that's really important is that don't just watch the videos that you've taken of yourself in a negative light. Of course, self-reflection is important and necessary to grow, but it's also important to congratulate yourself on things that you've done well. So like you mentioned with expressive storytelling, or if you're you did something with your classroom management that all students are engaged for pretty much the entire lesson, then give yourself some credit. Like, don't just use this as a tool to beat yourself up if you're just watching it yourself. And yeah, it, it can be a good idea to send this over to your coach or your trainer, or even if you have other teachers that you're working with, like, hey, watch me teach the spider's web here. And how would you do this differently? Or this particular page, what gesture would you use here? I think this one, I could do something a little bit different. Um, always be open to grow like that, but also give yourself a pat on the back when available. Absolutely. I mean, we, we should all use each other as support in that way. It's, you know, the teachers, the trainers, fellow staff members, fellow teachers, um, we're all in this together. So we should really take advantage of that. Yeah, I think I've said this in other forms, maybe on the podcast as well, but one of the, the great things about the Grapeseed Coach is that they get to see so many different teachers in so many different environments. Just every situation they walk into is different. So they've gotten to see so many different versions of the same material being taught in a classroom that's probably relatively similar to yours. So you might think that you're in a very unique situation that Nobody can understand the, the trials and tribulations you're going through, but more often than not, it, for example, if you teach in a very small classroom, your grapeseed coach has probably seen other teachers teach in a small classroom and may have some pointers on 
how you can use that small space effectively from what they picked up from other people. So it's not that grapeseed coaches are, they know everything by themselves. They're accumulating and taking in information from all the teachers that they're watching around the world or around their different countries. And then able, they're able to share that with you. So rely on that. They're almost like an encyclopedia of just grapeseed knowledge that it's been accumulated, almost like Wikipedia. It's crowdsourced <laughs> information. So rely on them, ask them for help and they'll be more than happy to help you. In, for sure. That's very well put Adam. Thank you. Yeah, I think I got to the point eventually, meandered a yeah, bit, but we got there. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> like a winding back road in Thailand. You got it. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's a good, look at that. You're, you're segueing into wrapping up the podcast for me. I appreciate that. Hey, I'm here to support you, buddy. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, let's sign off here. So thanks again for joining the podcast, Dan. Thanks again, Adam. It was really fun. As always, for all of you listening, thank you for listening and good luck in the classroom. Hey everyone, do you have a question about grapeseed that you would like answered on this podcast? We will do some occasional mail carrier episodes where we answer your questions, so feel free to write in. You can email the show at mailcarrier at grapeseed.com, M-A-I-L-C-A-R-R-I-E-R at grapeseed.com. Keep in mind that we may not be able to answer everyone's questions on the podcast, but if you leave your contact info, including your country, we will make sure to get back to you, whether it is on the podcast or in a follow-up email. We look forward to hearing from you. Goodbye, my friends, goodbye. I'm sad to say goodbye. It was a good day, but now I will say goodbye, my friends, goodbye. Goodbye, everyone.